podcast and radio show from the David A. Howe Public Library recorded right here in Wellsville, New York. Uh, it's Poetry Month, and you know I'm not going to do that by myself, so yes. I need my old pal Malika Costa. Malik, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. My it, favorite month of the year. I, I mean, <laughs> poetry it, month. it wouldn't be Poetry Month without having you on the podcast. Oh, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I don't think I've mentioned this before, but you were the guest speaker at the Wellsville Rotary Club yes. and uh, hit us with some originals as yes, well. Yes, I did. Is that nerve wracking to you at all to just like be put on the spot and be like, OK, read your poetry <laughs> to strangers? A little bit, a little bit. Um you, mean, did, I, you didn't seem it. I thought you were going to be nervous, and you were just very chill. Yeah, so I, you I know, was surprised. I, I really try and, for me, it, you know, it's art, yeah. so I, I really try and just express myself the best way I know how. Yeah. Um, obviously, public speaking is one of the most nerve-wrecking things yeah. anyone can do, Yeah. but yeah. it just takes away from the art form if, yeah. if, if you let the nerves get in the way, so yeah. I, I try my best to just really just let it out. Yeah, you know, well, and, and I've been doing it for so long. It's like at this point, I, I you know, I want to really get it right. Yeah, you know. Well, that's so true. I mean, in that, I, that's like if I'm directing a play or even if I'm in a play, that's kind of like the number one thing that I'm always saying is like, if you broadcast your nerves, that's all everybody's going to see. Right. You know, if you if you put on a confident face, if you fake it till you make it, <laughs> no one's going to know. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like exactly. confidence. So. Yeah, anyway, if you make you a mistake, it, you just it. yeah, thank you. But it, yeah, if you, I feel like if you make a mistake, you just have to keep going. Make yeah. it, even if you have to make it a part of yeah. of the presentation. Just, Absolutely, you know, you know, just don't let it uh, trip you up. That's yep. All. Yep, that's right. Well, last year for Poetry Month, we talked Phyllis Wheatley, which is about as old as you can get yes. in terms of you know poetry in the U.S. Here on the other side of that, you'd suggested let's do somebody fresh, let's do somebody modern, and we're covering Amanda Gorman. Yes, Amanda Gorman. Very young, very new. Yeah, uh, kind of took the country by storm. Yes, at yeah. the at the inauguration. Yeah, yes. the, the Biden uh, inauguration. There was like all anybody could talk about. But right. yes, we're gonna get into that. But first, let's open up our books. See where our bookmarks are at. Malik, what are you reading these days? Um, so besides the uh, Amanda Gorman stuff yeah. that uh, we've been jumping into. Um, I've been reading this book. It's called It's All in Your Head. Okay. And it's by uh, this uh, musical artist named Russ. Okay. And it's it's just basically uh, about having this self-belief yeah. when, when nobody else do. Like almost like not even like no, not believing any of the naysayers yeah. and, and just really believing in yourself mm -hmm. to the point where it's like even if you're not as good as you portraying yeah you you have to believe that if you really want to you know make it is this why you were so confident at the poetry reading then this book yeah, that and a, a <laughs> lot of stuff I, you know i i, I kind of try and read a lot of stuff yeah. like that um whatever you put in is, is what you go get out so yeah true you know that's true yeah okay i had that will smith book for a while the one that's just called will yeah yeah well with everything going on um i'm like yeah I, the craziest part Woo! is I, I checked it out before all that happened, yeah. but I just didn't get a chance to read it yet. Yeah. Um, so after we finish all this, I definitely want to just jump into that and just to, just to get a little bit more information on, you know, what's going on in, in his head. Yeah. And, you know, stuff. Like For that. sure. Yeah. Uh, boy, Eric Nichols, my old co-host here on the yeah. All The Book Show. <laughs> 
loves Will Smith music. Like, oh really? Oh my that gosh! Old yeah, that's like yes. the first hip hop I ever heard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, he. I don't know where he is right now, but he is probably listening to uh, the Willennium album <laughs> on an original iPod. Like that's wow. that's just how he rolls. Vintage. So yes, okay. yes, yeah. He could he could do the whole Wild Wild West rap for you right now. Really? Let's call him up. <laughs> I would have never imagined that. Like, oh yeah, Will Smith. And oh Eric. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He he goes deep. He's uh, he's serious about it. Wow. I read some stuff. I read uh, Split Image by Robert B. Parker. Robert B. Parker, one of my favorites. He wrote a lot of books in the Spencer series. This was a Jesse Stone series. He passed away in 2011. Okay. And this book, Split Image, has two of his um, main protagonists: Jesse Stone, Sonny Randall. Sonny's a PI. Jesse is a he was like an L.A. cop who kind of got like washed out of that and they hired him to do be a small town sheriff. But he's like much smarter than they hoped he would be. And so okay. he kind of, you know, ruffles feathers and things. But anyway, this book was kind of uh, bittersweet because it's the last time Robert Parker ever wrote those characters. Uh. Uh, different authors picked them up and kind of continued on the series. But this was sort of like. I went in knowing, like, all right, this is the last time I get to read a Robert Parker, Jesse Stone book. Uh, so it was good. It was really good. I recommend the, the whole series. I, I, I don't think there's been one that I've, uh, that I've thumbs down so far. So really good stuff. Well, I also read Dune Messiah, uh, which is Frank Herbert's original sequel to Dune. Did you see Dune? I did. I did. I seen Dune. Yeah, it was pretty good. The book is intense. Have you ever picked up one of the Dune books? I haven't. Okay. Not in the year. Maybe uh, back in in the late 90s yeah but not recently yeah 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 they're uh the dune books i feel like are an acquired taste like yeah. if you can force yourself to power through it right. you sort of appreciate the story more in retrospect we have a whole episode about it it's called dooney dune but uh anyway <laughs> i finally read dune messiah which is much shorter set 12 years after the original very different kind of story Again, the writing is a little chunky, but the story's really strong. Okay. So I, I would recommend it, but as with the original Dune, like you got to go in eyes open, knowing that it, that parts of it are going to be a slog. Yeah, and I that mean, so that's it's a sci-fi thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. like you said, the story, the the, the storyline is so strong with Dune. Um, if you a sci-fi person, you you you'll get into yeah. it. Yep, that's yeah. that's definitely what I found. I also started reading Doctor Strange: The Way of Weird. This is a new series by, well, not new. It's you know last five ten years or so uh, by Jason Aaron. An ongoing Doctor Strange series. I haven't read a lot of Doctor Strange, but with the new movie coming out, uh, and particularly with my love of WandaVision, I thought, well, I should read some more Doctor Strange. So this is a run we have in the collection, and I just picked it up and read the first volume. Really liked it. It was kind of quirky you know i mean it's obviously it's a it's a lot of magic and and that's the that's the lens for the doctor strange character and this is about somebody you don't know who basically trying to destroy the magic world and doctor strange is kind of figuring this out as it goes along so you know i'm i haven't i haven't done a ton of doctor strange but this really hooked me so i'm going to be reading a little bit more Okay. And then I'm reading Alphabet Squadron, which is a Star Wars book. We're going to do this for our May the 4th uh, book club and in the next episode right here on House Things, so you can listen for that. And I'm reading Hench Girl by Kristen Gudsnuck, which is a webcomic, one of the ones that I got in preparation for the last time uh, when Allie and I did a webcomics episode. So it's good so far. It's interesting. She's like a, basically a hench girl of a villain, and so she's sort of like, is this okay? I'm kind of a bad guy. I like it. Okay. I like it. What I like storylines like that. I know. I know. It's cool. What are you watching these days, Malik? Um, you know what? I've been watching. Uh, so uh, I think last episode I was kind of telling you about that show Raised by Wolves. Yeah. Um, so uh, second season came out. Yeah. 
And uh, it the second season is actually a little better than the first really? season. Okay. Yeah, the, All the, right. The first season is kind of okay. slower, mm. kind of building the storyline yeah. up. Really strange. A lot mm-hmm. of sci-fi, a little bit of horror in there, mm-hmm. a little suspense. Um, the second season is more sci-fi, um, even a lot of spirituality going on in there. Oh, okay. But yeah, it, it, it the second season um, really kind of breaks down the characters and, and a little bit of... Um, they they back stories. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, it, it's a really good show. It'll definitely take you for a, a, a little loop. Yeah, so, that's what I always hear. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if you if you into that, you is know, that sorry? Is that HBO show. HBO Max? Uh, it is. Yes, HBO Max. Yeah. Yep, okay. Yep, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's I I keep hearing good things about that. I just finished two shows that were like appointment TV for both me and my wife. One is Severance, which is on Apple. Okay. I feel like we've talked about this off mic. Yeah, this you, is the one yeah, where they like split. It. Right. So he did like the work version doesn't remember real life and real life doesn't remember what goes on at work. And it just kind of, I mean, that's the premise and it just spins out from there. And by the end, you're just like, what's happening? <laughs> so Suspense. Yeah. yeah. And that was old school, you know, new episode dropping every week. So it was, oh, like, it was we, like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They've been doing that a lot. I know. Yeah. So we were counting down the days, you know, we were like, is there a new severance? Darn it. You know, right. uh, and that, that season just ended. So it's all streaming on Apple. Uh, great. I can't recommend it enough. So good. Right. Uh, but it was that. And then Shining Veil, which is over on Stars, And it's kind of. It's definitely paying homage to Stephen King's The Shining, but it's it's a lot more than that. It's a really good blend of horror and comedy. Oh, Thirty wow. minute episodes. I, th- I want to say it was an eight episode first season. Uh, and we just watched the finale of that yesterday, and again we were like, "Darn it! All of our shows, yeah, everything at, is up, ending at the same time." <laughs> yeah, I, I like to. Sometimes I'll even go back, and uh, when there's nothing good on, I'll, yeah. I'll rewatch something. Yeah. Uh, like that's actually I've been watching Marco Polo is a Netflix. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, it's on that. Netflix and anything historical. I'm in sci-fi okay. and hi- and history. Those yeah. are my two yeah, things yeah. that I really love. And uh, yeah, the Marco Polo show is just it, it's it's so uh, it's filmed so nicely mm-hmm. and and everything is just larger than life. They really like capture you know the the uh, the, the, the dynasty of the. Um, you know the cons and all yeah, that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really a good show. Oh, that yeah. sounds fun. Yeah, I feel check like it out. yeah. It's been a while since I've watched like a good historical drama or yeah, yeah, that's something like you that. would probably like. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like every episode he is about to die and he figured a w- figure a way out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it has you know has that kind of element to it. It's a really yeah. good show though. No, it sounds good. We're currently watching one called Girl from Plainville. It's based on an actual like it's kind of a true crime show, but it's you know it's a fictionalized account of a of a I don't even know I don't even know how to describe it uh, a teen commits suicide is kind of the the thing that starts it all and then as you sort of unravel a little bit more you're kind of getting a sense of him being driven to it and then it it's just sort of like who's who's at fault who's to blame a lot of like morally ambiguous things going on and, okay. and while you're watching it you're just like why how who <laughs> that's another one though it's a weekly drop and so yeah. like we're up to date now and i'm like darn it oh yeah any movies seen any good movies lately uh the last movie i actually watched was probably the matrix and dune okay um, i yep. watched both of those yep. and uh the matrix loved it i think we talked about yeah we that did before. yeah yeah um, and and dune um dune i i liked it uh, i feel like that first movie was more of a setup for sure for yeah. a franchise yeah more than anything else but it was it was still i, I still enjoyed it yeah so yeah. yeah that's good you still haven't seen batman haven't seen it yet okay morbius do you yet. care do you care about yeah. seeing Morbius? definitely, definitely. you do i want to okay. see both of those all right yeah, definitely. all right 
Batman, I think at our time of recording, just now dropped on uh, HBO Max. You, okay, you can watch yeah, it now. and I yeah. do have HBO Max, so, so there you I'm, go. I'm definitely going to check no it out. No excuses now. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's move into a little book news here. Look into the future to see what it proves. It's time for book news. So I wanted to announce this award, the Story Prize winner. So we don't talk a ton about short stories. I'm not a huge fan of short stories. How do you feel about that? Um, I like it. All depends on the story. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It would have to be an author that I really. I'm, I'm more. I would more likely read a nonfiction essay by an author that I like. But a short story collection is usually kind of a turnoff to me. Yeah. You know. I. I don't know. I don't know what it would take for me to see a collection on a shelf, pick it up, realize it's short stories, and be like, you know what? I'm gonna read it. Yeah, something like the tw- like the Twilight Zone, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's it, true. You know, that's kind of catchy. I love I those kind of anthology kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. Just tease know. you a little bit, and then just have you sitting there thinking, like, hmm. Yeah, I kind of uh, yeah. like that. Yeah, you're right. This is this has not been a good intro for me on this uh, prize here because it is a it is a short story prize, and I've spent this whole time talking about how I don't like short stories. But if you're into short stories. Uh, and maybe this will turn me around. The Story Prize was just announced, and it, this goes to a book that's published uh, in 2021, short story collection. And the finalists here were uh, Lily King's book, Five Tuesdays in Winter, published by Grove Press, J. Robert Lennon's collection, Think of Me, published by Grey Wolf Press, and the winner went to Brandon Taylor for his collection, Filthy Animals, which was published by Riverhead Books. So you can come in and check these out and decide for yourself, but that's the winner for the short story prize right there. All right, well, let's take a look at some New York Times bestseller lists. I know you're a nonfiction guy, yes. so I've pulled the combined print and ebook nonfiction. Number 10, 21 weeks on the list, The 1619 Project. Viewing America's entanglement with slavery and its legacy in essays adapted and expanded from the New York Times Magazine. When this first came out, I they, they put a, a four or five part podcast out. Uh, the New York Times did, and I did listen to that and really enjoyed it. Haven't read the book, but it's been on here for twenty one weeks. Uh, number nine, two weeks on the list: Pandora's Jar by Natalie Haynes, a reexamination of Greek myths and their female characters through a woman's perspective. I feel like myths in general have had kind of a renaissance lately. There was that Madeline Miller book, Circe. Have you seen yeah. that? Like people yeah, constantly checking that out. Uh, a few other things like that. Neil Gaiman did that book about North myth- Norse mythology, which is <laughs> called Norse mythology. And there's just been a few others where it seems like this has been a, a trend lately of, of looking at some of these stories. So here's, if you're a fan of that, here's a nonfiction look called Pandora's Jar. Number eight, 28 weeks on the list, Crying in H Mart, the daughter of a Korean mother and a Jewish-American father and leader of the indie rock project Japanese Breakfast, described creating her own identity after losing her mother to cancer. Number seven, with 22 weeks on the list, The Storyteller by Dave Grohl, a memoir by the musician known for his work with Foo Fighters and Nirvana. How do you feel about either of those bands? Uh, I love Nirvana. Not so much Foo Fighters? Foo Fighters, too. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, but Nirvana, Nirvana sure. kind of stick out a little yeah, more yeah, for yeah. me. Yeah. Yep, that makes sense. Number six, uh, new this week, Blood and Ruins by Richard Overy, a reassessment of World War II as the last imperial war and a call for a more global perspective on the war. Number five, five weeks on the list between two kingdoms. The writer of the New York Times column, Life Interrupted, chronicles her fight with cancer and an impactful road trip. All right. Number four, also new this week, Nowhere for Very Long by Brianna Medea. A young woman and her companions travel the deserts of the American West in an orange van. I've not traveled West. Colorado is the farthest that I've ever been. Yeah, me Like that way. No, you know what? I went to Seattle, but I flew there. It was for a work conference. I've never, like 
had the classic road trip out right. that way. My wife's family did. You never? Never. Never no. that way? I, no. I would love to, though. Yeah. You know, one day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three, 85 weeks on the list. The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. How Trauma Affects the Body and Mind and Innovative Treatments for Recovery. Interesting. Well, I see why that one would be trending right now. It feels yes. like we've all yes, <laughs> been through yeah, uh, quite the trauma over the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. Number two, new this week, Recessional by David Mamet. Oh, I've read David Mamet plays. The Pulitzer Prize winning playwright. There you go. Lambast, liberal politics, cancel culture, and other things he finds objectionable. That sounds like a grumpy book. Mm. Number, <laughs> number one, new this week, Bittersweet by Susan Cain. The author of Quiet suggests ways to embrace loss and suffering within ourselves and others. Are you familiar with this author? No. No? Yeah, not Quiet? You know that book? At all? Uh, I've heard. I've heard. I know. Of it. Like I, um, I felt the same way. Yeah, but I I never read, haven't read it. Okay. From her. All right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's the combined print and ebook nonfiction for the week of April twenty fourth. Any of those stand out to you? Any well, any I, that you're I, adding to your list? Well, I noticed how those top three is 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 all like a lot of conscious stuff. A yes. lot of stuff that's that's yeah. really going on nowadays. Yeah. And it just pertains to you know I just I I feel like it's there this. It's just like awakening yeah. of um of just mental health for sure spirituality and 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 just this awareness that's been happening in these yeah. last couple of years yeah. and that's amazing to me uh, that's something I I really uh, think that you know we should be more conscious yeah. of yeah and um so I'll probably check out all three of those yeah yeah those no it makes three. sense I mean the pandemic pushed so many things forward and I think right. mental health is a big one it's like problems that you could kind of avoid or stuff down before like. Right. spending all that time in your house or just like whatever whatever your situation was like i think that that struggle just put a ticking time bomb on so many things right. you know right. so yeah it makes perfect sense that that's where everybody's at in lighter news uh it's poetry month and it's spotlight time so let's do it yes Offer spotlight. okay so the poet they're going to be talking about today is Amanda Gorman. I've got a few facts for you, Malik. Are you ready? I am ready. She served as a Los Angeles Youth Poet Laureate from 2014 to 2015. She was the first in that position. Uh, then she served as the National Youth Poet Laureate from April of 2017 to April 2018, also the first to do that. Then in 2021, she was selected to read a poem at Joe Biden's inauguration, making her the youngest ever to read an inaugural poem in U.S. history. Whoa. She has several books out now the first the one for whom food is not enough came out in 2015 and this was a much smaller print okay. uh, not not as widely uh, distributed as some of the later ones then we had a children's book called change sings with illustrations by lauren long very well-known uh, illustrator they put out a hardcover version of the inaugural poem called the hill we climb with an inf intro by oprah winfrey and then in 2021 her first collection her first collection to be widely uh published came out called call us what, what we, we carry. carry yes so was this person who on your radar at all prior to the inaugural poem not at all okay same not same but i mean that's not a surprise because i don't know poetry yeah. i but, mean she's 23 years old yeah i usually lean towards more uh, older and more okay. mature poets okay so it's not i you know a lot of young poets yeah. are you know maybe a couple but mm -hmm. not too many on mm -hmm. my radar anyway so it just really 
blew me away. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, we were just sitting there like in our house, in the middle of a pandemic, you know, watching watching the inauguration. And it's not like the inauguration is a super exciting right t- moment in television <laughs> history. I mean, of course, like its importance to the country is huge, but like to sit there and watch it, it's not like it's action packed or anything right. like that. And so when this started, it really was gripping and i would say unusually gripping yeah. you know that like she just started and just like hit and i feel like everybody watching like across the country was just like transfixed did you have a similar reaction to it oh yeah it, for me it, it was just it was really original um yeah. it was like something first of all the youth mixed with um that she was you know african-american um yeah. then her presentation yeah it, you know it and everything that was happening at the time it you know it, it really did grip a lot of people yeah you know and it, it and the maturity of of the words that she was speaking was yeah. was really good i was like wow well it was kind of uh i don't know i mean su- just such a rough moment uh, in in history like leading up to that i mean right. the pandemic of course you know so many lives lost just so so much so much of an emotional toll that right. that people were going through leading out of uh, a, a, an incredibly divisive time politically right. you know everything leading up to the the 2020 election was just a living nightmare and then even the aftermath you know as things were being figured out and all that then we have the insurrection on January 6th, which was just like wow. insane to, like, to watch all that happen. And then this is just a few weeks after that. So right. like, it was such a heavy time that it really felt like, I don't know, I, maybe, this, maybe this doesn't make sense, but it, I don't know. It just felt like her reading of that poem and the words she was saying was just, I found to be very healing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I was, it, I, I kind of had the same sentiment. Yeah. I feel like in that small period of time, it kind of showed, and this is from maybe the outside looking in, I felt like yeah. it maybe showed the worst of our country yes. as a whole. Yeah. But then at that moment, it kind of showed the best in our country yeah. as a whole. Like, you know, that we can heal from, you know, uh, our mistakes. And, you know, yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. makes mistakes. So, um, I th- like you said, I think it was a really uh, healing uh Process. I agree. I mean, it just it felt like everybody was really ready to turn a corner on a lot of things. Right. And something about that poem, I think, just captured everybody's I don't know, everybody's hope, everybody's imagination for like what we want to be. And it was kind of I don't know. I mean, to me, felt like sort of a unifying moment. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I hope that's true. <laughs> and, you know, I just because of my job as as this is happening as soon as she's done i'm like well we got to make sure we have her books in the library right <laughs> and so i'm instantly just like on my phone like trying to order books and i'm like oh she doesn't have any because at that moment the only thing that she really had out was that small 60 page essentially a chapbook you know that right. was out from 2015 years earlier not commonly in print not easy to get and there was just nothing right and there was such a clamoring for like content from her it you really know was. <laughs> and i think at that point the only thing that was really firmly like in a pre-publication mode was the picture book right. change things and that was the only thing that i could see that was really coming and i think based on the reaction oh, they yeah. they rushed into print the poem just as its own standalone thing right i mean i can't think of another poem in recent history that's been given a hardcover release with a intro by oprah winfrey yeah, you know what me i mean either 
Because like people just yeah. had to have it, and yeah. so the publishers like yeah. jumped to it and yeah. got it, it out like there. like that overnight success thing. I know. Where I feel like the next morning, publishers from all around yeah. the world was like calling her, and she had a book deal on the table. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, your whole life just changed overnight. Right. You know, I mean, you know, we've we've talked in in past episodes about poets that have kind of risen to the top. I think as far as like these sort of pop poetry goes, you could say someone like Rupi Kaur, which right. was like, you know, her books were in every target across the country. And that was like a name people knew, right. even people who maybe didn't necessarily read poetry oh, right. all the time. But like prior to this, I mean, what? Maya Angelou, I right. feel like, was right. maybe the the most <laughs> commonly known poet. Exactly. So like all of a sudden we have a rock star poet. For the first time in a very long time, so which is so weird. Yeah, her story is is amazing. Um, I, I don't know if if you heard about this, but she actually was born like premature. Okay, so she had uh, her development um, in those first three years yeah. was a, was a little um, slower. Uh, so she had like a, a, a speech impediment. Yeah, um, I had read that. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it, it's just it amazes me how the greatest people that accomplish the greatest things usually have some kind of yeah. something that you know that was like a disability or something mm -hmm. they had to work through yeah it's, it's like these these things these you know obstacles just just make you stronger absolutely you know? well if, if you make it through it the concept of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger i mean that's so that's a saying because there's so much truth behind <laughs> it you know Definitely. it's like you know, you, you you struggle with adversity, and if you're able to overcome it, it's really it's character building, and it's a big deal. I was really impressed by her. I was I was so excited to see that it was kind of a, I mean, it was a pretty universal thing. I feel like, oh yeah, and I I think that was really cool, especially again, it's such a, a divisive couple of years. Right. It feels like you know that was that was a really important thing to have happened. But let's first start with the children's book because okay. that was the thing. At this time, you know, in, in January of, of 2021, that was the thing that was like everybody was pre-ordering. Right. I read this book to my son. Again, it's called Change Sings, yes. right? Just yes. Yeah, Change Sings. I also read it to my son. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Great illustrations. Lauren Long, yeah. he does some series like the Otis series he does. Oh, okay. A lot of other children's books have his art. This was a really specific style. And... He's pretty, his pretty eclectic. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Like his his illustrations really tend to change based on the type of book that it is. And I thought they really were suited for this story. Yeah, I wasn't familiar uh, with him. Yeah, now and I know it's a him. I, I thought it was a female. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So I I did enjoy the picture book, and you can clearly, I mean, the 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 story is really about you know, looking for the best in people and, right. and people living up to their full potential. You know, it's all right. about little things you can do to change the world right. in a positive way. And you can, it's clear that it's written as a poem. It's written as oh, yeah. poetry, yeah. you know, and but uh, I yeah. think the whole package just really works. What did you think of it? Oh yeah. I love that. The thing that really stands out for me with her is the element of her youth. Mm. Um, and, and with this book, I feel like it's, it's sending a message to where we have to start with young people. Yeah. Um, like this new generation coming up, our kids, you know, really educating them um, yeah. on these issues, you know, not tucking it under the rug, but yeah. actually talking to them about these issues, helping them understand um, these issues, how to live with each other, how to live in peace and harmony. That's the main message I kind of got from this book. Yeah. I think that's the message that really heals us on a level that nothing else can. Yeah. You know, start starting with, you know, that, that youth, that new generation coming mm -hmm. up, you mm -hmm. know. 
Yeah, yeah I agree. And I, I think you're right. The book really captures that concept really well. Yeah. Um, let me ask you, you mentioned when we're talking about just her and her sudden rise to prominence that that something that kind of stood out to you was the fact that she's incredibly young and right. an African-American woman. Right. And I'm just wondering, like, in your opinion, how does that change the response or, or what level of importance do you think that brings to the fact that this is who was chosen to be the inaugural poet? Yeah, for me, like I like I said, the, the, the whole youth piece. Um, yeah, I think what it what it really does is it plants a seed. Mm-hmm. Young women in this country, African American, whatever nationality, sure. white, um, um, Asian, um, I think they have a, a strong voice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the the level of creativity, just the level of skill and the way they see things. I, I think it's a lot to be said from young women, yeah. and I think young women haven't been able to really express themselves mm. and be listened to. Sure. Um, and I, I just think the more that comes out to the forefront and the more we start to listen to that voice, mm-hmm. uh, it'll bring out a part of us as a whole that'll just help us to live in yeah. harmony a, a lot better. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Well, I think we, it's, it's a perspective that has maybe been silenced or at least not encouraged to grow in the same way that you know the male voice, I guess, right. is, and that's really my point I'm making yeah. is when young women see her, yeah, they see themselves, yeah. So that's gonna plant that seed. That's gonna raise up a whole mm-hmm. new level of of just artists and poets. Yeah. That's gonna you know start coming to the forefront right. and you know changing the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess in that way, it sort of comes down to representation and the importance right. of exactly. that. Being able to see yourself reflected on exactly. on something like a you know, the stage of the presidential inauguration is a right. big deal. <laughs> Biggest you know? deal. Yeah, of course. You know? Yeah. So the next thing that came out then was the hardcover that was just the inaugural poem collected. And they did a really nice job with that. It's a good presentation. Yeah. Good. We climb? Yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Good presentation. I, as I said, Oprah over Winfrey does the foreword in that. And it's still even even reading it, it still is just a powerful piece of work. It is. You know, I think her delivery of it, particularly that day, uh, and I listened to the audiobook of it as well just to kind of hear it again. Right. Her delivery of that poem, I think, is just really strong. It you really know, it's is. just it just hits harder than I think even reading it. But even when you do just read it, right. you know, the words are powerful and effective and they oh, and they yeah, get definitely. to it. You know. But yeah, how she presented it, her presentation. Uh, was amazing. The funny, the <laughs> something that just came to my mind earlier. You asked me um, about when I did my poetry. Yeah, I'm at the Rotary Club. The craziest thing is, uh, a week two prior to that, I was watching a lot of her because I knew we was going to be doing a podcast, yeah. mm-hmm. and just watching her presentation and how she expressed herself that really helped me a lot yeah. in oh, okay. how to present mm-hmm. my my poetry yeah. and, and that's what i mean you know just seeing that for poets it you know it, it helps us you know oh okay that's i can express myself in different yeah. ways and it, it's just a way to you know to really learn mm-hmm. and and i i learned a lot just from watching interesting that. yeah okay yeah i mean this again the inaugural poem i i think was just great do you have any specific thoughts on that or anything that stood out to you i feel like it's it's things that you know we all know uh, yeah. things that we've been talking about for a long time yeah. um but these this is one of those kind of subjects where you know we can't be complacent we have to just yeah. keep talking about it and uh keep making progress mm-hmm. and you know that's she opened up that conversation again yeah so that's true yeah. 
Then the biggest thing, the biggest thing she's put out to date has been the collection Call Us What We Carry. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually, it's pretty massive for a yeah. poetry book. Yeah, they, they tend yeah. to not be that big, particularly first ones. So I think that kind of speaks to the demand. You know, the publisher at least wanted something substantial and, yeah. and we got it. I'm interested to hear your take on this book. Yeah, 228 pages. Yeah, it's just, know. I mean, when you compare it to other books of poetry, it's yeah. its about 100 pages longer than I guess I right. would <laughs> expect it to be. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what did you, I, I have an unpopular opinion. I'm just going to tell you. Right. I These didn't click for me. Okay. I, I guess I wouldn't say the whole book didn't click for me, but I think maybe I went in with really high expectations, and I think something like poetry is just so subjective. Like right. either it hits right. you or it doesn't. And I think I just had very different expectations about this book, and I kind of left it. I don't know. I okay. it just didn't it just didn't really click. What did right. you think? What did you um, think? I th- I, well, first, I, th- I think that when you do something so amazing, yeah. After that, the expectation is just yeah. super high, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like with artists after their first album, it's right. like. Now you know, what? Yeah, it's always yeah. like the sophomore curse or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the expectation of of after you know the hills we climb is so amazing that you know your expectations is just so high. But I think as a whole, the book was the poetry was really good. Yeah, I found nothing really popped out, mm. jumped out at me like you know yeah. like uh, the hills we climb. But I thought it was an, a good piece of work. It was yeah. creative. I was, I guess, maybe a little thrown by some of the sections that felt a little bit more like kind of pop philosophy. There's a lot of talk about like the postal service and like, (laughs) you know, old wars and things, which I, I was a little like, what, what are we doing here? You know, what are we talking about? But, you know, I, so I thought that was a little unusual. I, I wonder if maybe if it had, if the expectations or the desire hadn't been to have a big giant hardcover, if there would have been a leaner and meaner collection right. that was maybe more like 100, 150 pages, you know, that kind of cream of the crops it. But was there one that if you if you were going to kind of pull out, you know, that, or a couple that you might think would um, be? There was, yeah, uh, the one called Back to the Pass. Okay. Um, I think that one was uh, really creative and it was up front. Remember, I was, we was, was kind of talking to you about a lot of poetry mm-hmm. is – it's almost like writing in cold. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've been really trying to write more up front and just say exactly what I mean and instead I, of writing in cold in a way. Well, I did notice that the the poems you read for the Rotary, the one you wrote about the library, was really direct. And right, I did, even right. before you said that, I did kind of notice it was more direct than the ones that you've shared with us in the past. Right. Yeah. You know, I just noticed the difference, not a better or worse thing, but it's interesting that, like, that's a conscious effort that you're making to try to make them more transparent i guess yeah yeah you know more understandable because one thing i kind of realized also is writing and poetry is a very private and personal thing Mm -hmm. so i think what a lot of poets do is we don't say exactly what we mean Mm -hmm. but we try and write it in cold for people to understand it, you know, if yeah. that makes yeah, sense yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've, I've wrote like that for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to just start, you know, really trying to be more transparent and, and saying exactly what I mean. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, 
just putting it out there yeah yeah so do you find that now like is is, does your writing kind of reflect the the poetry that you want to read so like if you're writing in a more literal sense do you find yourself more attracted to poets who are doing the same or do you like sort of mixing it up um I, i i like mixing it up yeah um there's nothing nicer to me than writing in cold and then it coming clear mm. in the end. Kind of mm-hmm. like a suspense. Like my yeah, favorite yeah. poem of all time is called Footprints. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of it. but The religious it, it, poem. Uh, it, yeah, it's kind of yeah, religious. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. kinda, I would say it's more spiritual than religious. Okay, but okay. Yeah, like like a poem like that is um is is like th- my favorite style yeah. of poetry. That's got a twist ending. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I was looking back here on the past and some of the some of the different. We mentioned Maya Angelou earlier. She actually was an inaugural poet. She read On the Pulse of Morning for Bill Clinton's first inauguration. Mm-hmm. And there's some interesting ones through history here. Robert Frost. Oh yeah, read, he's written a couple poems. Yeah, Robert Frost read The Gift Outright for JFK's inauguration. And I don't think there is one every single year. I think it's just right. if the if the incoming president elect right. chooses to do so. Right. You know, and I think it was definitely a wise choice here just because it it felt like, again, sort of a moment to even if it hadn't knocked it out of the park. I think having something like a poetry reading in in something as serious and heady as as an inauguration is a way to kind of like calm things down for a minute and and get people in in a more reflective sort of spirit. Right. But so I think it was the sixth poetry reading. Okay, she was the youngest to ever do it. But I think it was the sixth time that. A poet had okay. uh, did it, mm-hmm. yeah, in, in in our history for yeah. forty six president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just again like going back to to the way this hit. I I really can't think of another time where you've seen like a poet on a late night talk show or something like right. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. S- such a weird. But but, but uh, Ruby Cardo like that's I, you're I, probably I was right. seeing her. All you're probably over. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good pull. Is this uh is this you think you'd follow her work? So like if oh, another yeah, yeah. So if another book came out, you'd oh, be definitely. like, yes, I gotta read it. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. That, I'm definitely on the boat on the Gorman boat now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on that. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I haven't heard if she's got more. You know, another children's book or anything like that in the works. But I would assume. You know that there's the interest. I don't think has really died down. No, I, you know I what think, I mean. I think, I think she'll be around for a while. Like, yeah, like you know, she's 23 years old maybe yeah. now. Um, she's doing a lot of work uh, with the environment, uh, gender, yeah, gender uh, issues, yeah. racial justice. So, you know, it's just interesting. I think because it, it's not like poetry ever like went away, or there right. wasn't like you know, active and respected poets. I mean, Billy Collins is, is an example of somebody who's who's been out there. Even poets we've had here in the library, Naomi Shihab Nye or Joyce Carol Oates, uh, lots of poetry works. I mean, it's always been part of the part of the conversation, but it is interesting to have suddenly a lightning rod right. in the poetry world where suddenly people are paying attention, people right. who wouldn't normally are. So it's interesting to see like how that manifests and what the, what right. that's going to lead to. You yeah, know? it's it's one of those things like kind of like opera or, you know, like one of those things that's kind of like not in the uh, main source yeah. thing. Yeah. But then you just have this star that kind of shines yeah. out and it brings it to the right. forefront. Yeah. Right. It just kind of suddenly people are paying attention. Right. Yeah. Really interesting. Uh, have you been reading anything else poetry wise this month? Because I, I usually try to like I right. usually I'm going to read poetry in April and I've only read her this year. Yeah, That's my um, failure. I've only been reading her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mostly I just kind of been doing my own writing. Yeah. And, and then, list, uh, you know, listening to Amanda Gorman. 
Yeah, I, I even watched a lot of her. Uh, she have these poetry readings that she do. Um, okay. Because she graduated from Harvard. So she kind of go to schools yeah. and, and do these presentations. Sure. So I kind of just been watching a lot of those. Okay. So, yeah. Are you in a, like, I assume your writing sort of ebbs and flows. Sometimes you're really, like, heavy into it, and other times right. it's, like, back burner. Where are you at right now? Oh, well, it's Poetry Month. Yeah, you know? so. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on it now. Yep. You know, I've, I, you know, I've wrote uh, probably about just this month so far, I've written about five, five, okay. five new poems. Mm-hmm. Like the ones I read at Rotary, those was brand new. Yeah. And then I got three three more brand new ones mm-hmm. I wrote. Yeah. Okay. So the books, again, were The Change Sings, which is the picture book illustrated by Lauren Long, which we, of course, have here in the collection. Then there's The Hill We Climb with an intro by Oprah Winfrey. And Call Us What We Carry is the main collection of Amanda Garman's poetry. Yes. We also have these as audiobooks, so you can actually listen to her read them, yes. which changes... Changes the experience quite a bit. Oh yeah. Do you like? W- do you like audiobooks of poetry? Oh, or do you I love them. I love them because uh, you know it's, it's it's more verse. Yeah. Um, and it's you get the it's a difference between reading poetry and hearing poetry yeah. from the artist because when you hear the poetry from the artist, you're hearing the poem exactly mm-hmm. how they feel it, how it's coming out yeah, of their true. heart. That's true. And their mind. So. You know, when you're doing it, when you actually reading it, you kind of kind of paraphrasing according to what you feel. Yeah. You, you know what I'm yeah, saying? that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. The only downside I can see was that sometimes they do interesting things with the structure on the page. Right. You know, the shape or, or just even even oh, yeah. seeing the verse a little bit. And you lose some of that when you're only hearing it and not seeing it. Yeah. True. You know, and I think there were some things in the book that I maybe would have preferred if I was reading it and seeing how it was stylized on the page. But Still, uh, an interesting experience nonetheless. And again, all the books are available right here at the David A. Howe Public Library. So come in and check them out. Uh, In our next episode, we're going to have a special uh, off-the-books episode because it's Star Wars Day. That's right, May the 4th. I love Uh, Star Wars. Do you? Oh, I love Star Wars. What's your favorite Star Wars thing? You mean like movie? or Whatever. whatever? Um, If I had to pick... My favorite would probably be the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, if yeah. I had to that pick one, that it's like I, that's almost a, you know, I can't really answer that question. Right. But if yeah. I had to, yeah, I still, I and I think this is a holdover like from my youth. Return of the Jedi is the one that always comes to yeah. my mind the most. Let me ask you this: Have you showed any of your kids Star Wars yet? I haven't. Okay, I haven't. It, so where would you go? Like, would you go show them the prequels first? Would you just show them a new hope? How start I would with, start actually with the originals. do it? Yeah. Because I do plan on with my son. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he'll be four next month. But maybe he he can't really sit through that no, kind of stuff not. right now. No. But I'll, I would rather start with four, yeah. five, and six. Yeah. And then go one, two, three. Yeah. So they could see it in real time yeah. through the whole I agree. You know, whole story. I agree. I we so we have watched. uh, My son's going to be eight next month, and we have watched the original trilogy with him. And some of them freaked him out, but mostly he liked them. Uh, And I'm interested to see now how he's going to respond to the prequels. Right. You know. Oh, so you went how it? We did. Yeah, we watched a New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. I I I think it's better to show them in the real chronological order because also because those. You know, four, five, and six is fun movies, yeah. so it captures them a little more. Yeah. The characters, the color, I agree. Yep. It, it just captures them a little more. Yeah, you know. Yep. 
So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to see how he reacts to the prequels. I don't look forward to rewatching the prequels because I'm not a fan. Oh, but okay. do you like them? Okay, I loved them. Oh, did you like Phantom yeah, Menace? And, 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 and the more I watch them, wow, the more okay. I look now the newest ones. Yeah, um, I I just can't. Oh, not into it. I don't like them. Okay, uh, uh, since you know Ray and yeah. and, and all the newer ones. Yeah, I, I did like the Solo. Oh, I liked Solo too. I wasn't expecting yeah, I to, but I liked Solo, that quite a bit. And then, yeah. uh, what was the one where uh, what was it Rogue? Rogue One. Rogue One. Yeah. Rogue One and Solo, I like both yeah. of those were really good. Okay. It's just the other three. I, Didn't I do it for you. Can't really. Interesting. It's hard for me to get into okay. those ones. All right. Yeah. Have you watching any of the shows, Mandalorian or Boba Fett? Anything oh, yeah. like that? Oh yeah, Boba Fett is amazing. Yeah. Mandalorian is pretty good, but Boba Fett is a one. That's blowing my mind. Yeah, Boba Fett I is feel really the, good. I feel the opposite. Really? I, I loved Mandalorian and Boba Fett. I was like, okay. Oh man, now yeah, I'm opposite on that. Really? Boba, Boba Fett was was was. I couldn't stop watching it. See, Mandalorian, now, I just was like. Uh, now we need to do a whole episode just about this because we actually that, do. That blows my mind because yeah. I found Boba Fett to be dull. You don't, no way! Really, man. It was it was up front. It was action. It it, it jumped oh. back to the to to the beginning. Him and the Tuscan Raiders and all jumped, that. Man, oh. it was that. It was just perfect. I loved it. I loved it. You know what I really love more than anything about like Bubba Fett? Yeah, and the Mandalorian. Like we have actors. Those actors are fifty plus. Yeah, you know, like yeah. they are just doing their thing. Man. True. And that's amazing. To that's me. true. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay, so there's a little preview, I guess, for our May the 4th episode. Malik yeah. and I talked Star Wars a little bit today. Yeah. But anyway, the book that we're going to be covering for the May the 4th book club is called Alphabet Squadron. It's by Alexander Freed. We have it here in the collection, set right after Return of the Jedi. I haven't finished it. It's good so far. Mm. I'm liking it. Okay. So so that's where we're at. And I think that's uh, that's it for the Good of Poetry Month. That's That's yes. all we're going to be doing. So keep an eye out on the library social media. You're going to do a, a poetry reading again yes, for us, I'm right? Video a, or something? Um, I'm okay. going to do a reading. I'm actually going to share um, so maybe the same ones that I shared at, okay. at the Rotary. The Rotary? Great. Um, and, yeah, I look forward to that. Okay. You know, thanks for having me. It's Absolutely. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. All right. So we'll put out when Malik does the new readings, we're going to put those in the in both the library and the, in the podcast social media, so you'll be able to find them there. And all right, that's going to do it. Thanks, Malik. Oh, thanks for having me. See you next time, everybody.